Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a very special guest with me, the man, the myth, the legend, Pan. Can I say your name? Yeah. Magnus Panvidia, I believe. Yeah, my little hip, hippie, hippie anarchist name. <laughs> uh, you, you went super viral yesterday for um, one of the best speeches I've heard in my life, and I, I hope you, you take that compliment well, but I, I'm dead serious. <laughs> it was beautifully, beautifully written, a uh, little rough around the edges, but I think that's what made it so authentic. Um, and I'd like to, uh, for those that haven't heard it, if you don't mind, I'd like to have you read it to us if, if that's all right. All right. Yeah. And you'll actually get the full speech instead of just the last 30 seconds that the media just keeps running with forever. <laughs> exactly. Great. All right. What we are witnessing today in our country did not come out of nowhere. To many of us, it was not only expected, but inevitable. A year ago in Virginia, the largest gun rights rally in U.S. history was held. A section of all political movements were in attendance, not only right-wing activists, but also BLM organizations, John Brown Gun Club, and anarchist groups. A man was interviewed, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, the people that you see today are the rational people. We will talk to you. We will compromise. We will be peaceful. However, if the country continues down the path it is on, soon you will only have irrational people. The sentiment was ignored, pushed aside laughed at and marginalized by the media. Months later, the horrific murders of Breonna Taylor and Duncan Lemp by the hands of police occurred within days of each other. Among a panic and fear of a global virus, tensions boiled over. An entire summer of police brutality, riots, and tyranny followed. Shortly after, I was interviewed in this very spot and I echoed the sentiments of that man. It does not matter how you, about, how you feel about these groups, BLM, Antifa, Boogaloo, Three Percenters, Militias, they are not the irrational ones. If the government continues to be illegitimate and tyrannical, this summer will be nothing compared to what is to come. This message was once again ignored. Christmas Day, a man drove into the heart of downtown Nashville and detonated a car bomb. Weeks later, hundreds of angry Americans stormed our nation's capital. Now, as every corrupt government does in its death throes, it lashes out further. Currently, 30,000 National Guard are deployed to D.C. Weapons of war roll down our streets. Social media megacorporations have launched an all-out purge of all left, right, and libertarian voices who oppose the political establishment of both parties. This may be the last chance I get to give the warning to the United government of the United States. The people before you are the rational ones. They are the antibodies, not the disease that is destroying our country. The disease is a country run by two corrupt political parties that do not care about you. So deeply insensuous with corporations that they are indistinguishable from each other. A government who spent six months debating giving their own citizens $600, but only 24 hours to unanimously agree to give billions to foreign dictatorships and corporations. A government who spent my entire life bombing villages in foreign countries for my supposed safety here. This is a call for unity for all of those left behind. For every mother mourning their child killed by police, for every business crushed by state lockdowns, for every broken soldier sent to fight pointless wars overseas that do not matter. 
Our only chance to avoid a tyrannical state or a civil war is to put aside our differences and fight for our, our fight our true oppressors. And a message to the government, we come in peace. We do not intend to commit violence, but I am pleading with you with tears in my eyes. If you continue to oppress the American people, they will not remain rational much longer. Gave me chills again, man. <laughs> every time every time i read it parts get cut out or added or whatever like a like when i said when i said cracks in my voice like i was li i added that because i was freaking out because oh, i nice. had i don't know if you saw the pictures but there was a like hundred cameras in front of us there was snipers there was black hawks flying around there was humvees national wow. guard and there's just me and my gaggle of village idiots <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'd never given a speech before it's the first speech i'd ever written so i'm like freaking out <laughs> and I'm like I, I said i was gonna do this so i walked up there and i did it and then afterwards just kind of hung out talked to people but yeah that was did, uh, not expect, I, did not expect a million views on twitter that's no sure. no dude I, I can't even i can't even imagine um what your past you know 24 48 hours have been like but uh first, <laughs> first off how, how about you tell us you know what what was that group um, that you were with. I mean, if you're allowed to talk about it, I, I don't want you to, oh, yeah. you know, opsec it. So, you know, tell right. us, tell us whatever you can. Yeah. At least with us, we don't, we don't worry too much about opsec in terms of like, we're already out there and everybody pretty much knows our face and we don't say anything on a phone or over the internet that we wouldn't post on Facebook. Cause sure. you're stupid. You're stupid if you do that. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, that was a section of the Michigan Boogaloo chapter for lack of a better term. Uh, a lot of our guys weren't there just because of work or, you know, because they thought we were going to have a Kent state too, or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, we had other representatives with us from a local Lansing BLM and a local Lansing anti-fascist organization that we've been working with, which is actually kind of the crazy thing. That's we've, so cool. act we've actually got like, we've built some bridges and uh, the kind of, there's multiple little su sub factions isn't the right word for it, but like kind of, groups that are pushing in the same direction but taking different paths within the boog mm -hmm. and uh my whole section of that we call ourselves the unity coalition and our our whole goal and everything is to get three percenters and antifa and blm to stop slap fighting with each other and kind of come together and that's that's sort of what that whole speech was about yeah well it, it, obviously you've had some success given that some of those people were participating and standing side by side as you gave that speech um, what, what has been, cause I, I've, you know, on my show, I've talked endlessly about this is it's probably why your speech struck home with me so hard is, is that as a libertarian, as an NCAP, I am, I'm extraordinarily frustrated with the fact that we can't manage to convey our message to, uh, the BLM movement and even Antifa for that matter, that, it, you know, regardless of our end goals at this point in time, are we, we have a shared enemy. How, how have you gotten that across to them in a, in a successful way that uh, managed to get them to stand next to you? Uh, I think, I think mostly just, um, with my, from my background, because, uh, we're all, we're all edgy libertarians. We're all, you know, my freedoms and my free speech. And we're going to say whatever <laughs> we want and do anything. Right. But I was actually raised near a commune, like anarcho communists. And I grew up and I, my entire, uh, childhood and young adult life, I was in environmental organizations, when I was 18, I actually marched with BAM, which was 
proto Antifa. Oh wow! And it and it was only until like college that I you know tripped and fell into Ron Paul, and then went from the top left of the political spectrum <laughs> all the way down to the bottom right, and now I'm an AMCAP. So, but uh, I love with, it. With that experience and like knowing how to like communicate and been, I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in Detroit, I've lived in the worst parts of Nashville. Like I, I just kind of know how to talk and how to kind of convey the message and what kind of uh, mouse traps to not step on with mm -hmm. people that, you know, suddenly their, their brains turn off and they don't want to hear anything you got to say. And I've kind of leveraged my, all of my, you know, history and experience of like, Hey, you know, I, I've sat in jail with environmental activists. I've, you know, was showing up to like Black Lives Matter rallies in the very beginning and everything. So right. here's all you, the proof. You've got, I, you've got yeah. street cred. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just use that and it's like, hey, you know, like, let's try to talk. And it hasn't been all successful, obviously. Of course. Yeah. I've, I've been I've been doxxed by both Nazis and a different Lansing Antifa organization within oh a month God. of each other. So that was fun. Like the 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 Simpsons episode we're under attack by Nazi commies. That's kind of how it, it's <laughs> kind of how it felt, but uh, we, we're definitely making inroads and we're building particularly in Kentucky and uh, Ohio and Michigan. We've gotten a lot of inroads into those kind of communities and there's still lots of disagreements and we get in arguments and everything, but we at least agree on non-aggression at mm -hmm. best, which is all I care about. Like we don't even have to march together. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to talk, but it's just, just not show up to each other's events and let's just not fight, you know, that, right. that would be enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I've had, I've had a decent amount of success online uh, speaking to either black people or black lives matter adherents. Um, but I have had basically zero success with Antifa and adherents. Uh, what, what is, what is something that you can find that what's the tie that binds between an ANCAP and Antifa? Cause it seems as if they're so, so polar opposites. And in fact, many in the ANCAP community would, would believe that they, they in fact want to enslave us. So is there, okay. is there yeah. common ground other than a peace treaty? Well, that, that's the thing is like, like obviously a peace treaty is what we hope for the best, but uh, the people that are like my best friends now, which if you asked me four years ago, if I would be my best friends, they're legit ANCOMs. Like they want the government to go away so they can live on a farm in the middle of the woods with like yeah. 20 people and do commie stuff. And you would never know. <laughs> so the, 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 I guess like the common ground in the finding is like going to these groups and finding out, are you a tanky? Are you like some crazy Stalinist that yeah. wants to like, like, you know, kill business owners and everything? Or, or are you just like a hippie anarchist that wants to, you know, run a queer commune on a mountain somewhere? Right. I can hang out with those people all day. Cause that's the kind of people I was raised around. Exactly. Like, I can get down with the ladder, but the former's rough. Yeah. And, and the tankies are the ones that are totally like, no, like they, like every time we reach out to them, anytime any, they find out in the area, they're like, you know, they're, they're, like, they're, they're white supremacist, <laughs> capitalist, evil people, even though it, it's funny when it comes to our, uh, our Michigan chat Boogaloo chapter, uh, we have more cause more POC and queer membership than the local Antifa chapter that oh, hates I us. I love it. I love it. So it's funny to have like four like white college kids across like a bunch of like black and gay dudes and being like, so which one of us is is the white supremacist here? <laughs> you know? right. Like like but the the pride flag on the wall with the don't tread on me in the middle of it is not just for show. Like I'm I'm not the most straight man in the world. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's it's too funny to me too because uh, I I only had like two or three negative comments from the ANCAP community. And obviously my, my post 
got a lot of traction too. So I got to see a ton of comments. It was almost entirely tremendously supportive. I mean, we had 500 retweets or something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, but, a, but a few, which I blocked all of them, by the way, uh, a, few, <laughs> a few had an issue. Quick with, on the block button. <laughs> I am, man. I keep, I keep my little <laughs> echo chamber tight. Um, but a, a few, a few of them had an issue with the gay, the, you know, the gay pride flag. And I thought that was beautiful because it was so unifying. Uh, I guess, first and foremost, is that, is that a personal statement for yourself or, or was that about just being as unifying as possible? Oh, a little, a little bit of both just cause like, um, with, with how my life has gone through with activism and everything. Like I, I grew up next to a pagan commune. I was like, you know, a bisexual man in a Bible thumping Michigan town, been jumped for my religious beliefs have been jumped for my sexuality. And then I became an environmental activist. I was called a dirty commie and a filthy hippie became man. a libertarian. And now I'm a white supremacist <laughs> and all of this. So like everything that was on me, like the pins I had on me and the Liberty or death patch and like everything. And the pride flag was all like, Hey, I've been called everything. You mm -hmm. literally, there's not a name, you know? And then obviously, cause I, I have a, a, you know, a little more of a diverse racial background too, being from, you know, Michigan and everything I have, family kind of spread out from native american to arab to everything like that like been called plenty of racial slurs too so it's like yeah throw, so, throw it at me this is me i don't care what you have to say about me dude you're you're built out of concrete you're like you're like teflon you've had, <laughs> but you've I'm, had I'm the most like harmless like well like harmless isn't that you know i'm one of the most peaceful chill dudes no so i could like... i could tell i could tell by the speech <laughs> and that i think that's why it was so compelling is because it the the boogaloo movement as you know has been painted with a very radical brush you know like they're they're dangerous they're um white supremacists they're racist they're everything negative under the sun in in the modern uh conversational parlance of the day what i guess go ahead and tell my audience what what to you is the boogaloo movement and and try and you know dissuade some people from their beliefs and when it comes to the negative connotations that they have Oh, uh, right. So, uh, yeah, um, the whole just the whole kind of concept and where it sprung out of is a, a lot of us for a long time in like the libertarian and even like, you know, like libertarian left and even because we go kind of that far and ANCAPs and everything. We've always been obviously very pro 2A and very down with the militia. But then we go and join our local militia and it's a bunch of dudes with like Confederate flags and they're all fat old dudes and they talk <laughs> about how, you know, Trump is Jesus and everything. <laughs> right. So we never really like had like our own kind of place. And then uh, like a lot of people don't know that like uh, Duncan Lemp, if I don't know if you're, I'm pretty sure you're aware of it. I'm not sure if the audience, but uh, sure. uh, a, Mar a, a Maryland man that was uh, killed laying in his bed by a uh, no knock raid because he got a warrant because the there was a picture of him holding a rifle that resembled an illegal rifle uh that happened within i'm not sure if it was 24 or 48 hours of brianna taylor yep so like that's two instances of like no knock raids somebody died the police are going after her boyfriend for firing on them even though he was in his full rights to fire on them and those both happened. So that's why we started going out to the BLM events. It's like, Hey, they killed one of ours and one of yours right next to each other within, yep. within days. And this is bullshit. Let's, let's get together. And the Hawaiian boogaloo thing had been going on for like a while on through memes. Mm -hmm. So we went out there wearing that because none of the like three percenter militia dudes or anything knew about any of that. Cause a lot of them are boomers. <laughs> 
And we started walking around all these Hawaiian shirts at all of these BLM events started talking to each other and like, Hey, we're all libertarians. This is weird. I've never been around like multiple libertarians that had guns and wanted to hang out. Like, this is right. awesome. And we just started <laughs> coalescing more and more. And then it got insanely popular because, you know, like we were having like hundred thousand uh, members on Facebook and everything. Wow. And then Facebook just deleted the entire movement. Instagram okay. deleted the entire movement. I lost my PayPal account. I lost my Gmail. Really? I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to use Uber Eats. What? <laughs> like, because because uh, I was very I was very public with everything, and all of my stuff was linked. So oh I think God. because everything was linked through my Google and my Facebook, when my Facebook got the probably black mark of shame on it, everything right. else went dark. Incredible. And I'm at, I'm actually hardware banned on my phone. So if I logged into like your Facebook on my phone, they would delete your Facebook in like 10 minutes. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what, it's ridiculous. What, why, why are people viewing you as to be such a danger? I mean, uh, uh, to me, you're so clearly a messenger of peace. Why, why are you such a threat? I, I have my own answer, but I'm curious if you have yours. I, I, my kind of theory on it is I, I think a lot of people were following, we're kind of screwing up their hustle. Like there's a lot of people in, the militia movements in conservative party, Democratic Party, sometimes even the Libertarian Party, inside Antifa and everything that they have a they have a thing going on, very you know tight controlled thing, and that's what they want. And there's a very clear message, and nobody knows what to do with us or where to place us. And then they start seeing like, especially in the beginning, like we were welcomed in open arms at every single BLM event. Like we were wow. loved at every single one of them. I have people that stood between riot cops and protesters with a rifle and got shot to shit with rubber bullets and didn't move. There's tons of great press about us. And I think the moment the media caught wind of like, Oh, there's like a bunch of armed white dude, libertarians marching with like, you know, a bunch of like Democrats and socialists and communists and everything. This is really bad. Yeah. So dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) This is really dangerous. So they, they dropped the hammer immediately. And within like two weeks, there was all these articles coming out saying that we were these dangerous white supremacists, even though we, we appeared at BLM events. Like the first place anyone ever saw us was Black Lives Matter events. Right. And that we were, we were dangerous extremists and we wanted to kill people and, and start a second civil war, which was never what it was about. Mm-hmm. The whole idea, the whole like meme of Boogaloo is it just means a, a shitty sequel. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a derivative version of what's already happened. And so like us being the Boogaloo boys, it's like, hey, this is the shitty sequel of something we've all lived through before and this you know has vibes of the revolution this has vibes of the civil war there's french revolution feelings there's fall of rome kind of feelings going on right now so that's all it was about but because and you know everyone used that memes there's even youtubers that like do movie reviews that would use the term like oh this is a boogaloo whatever Mm -hmm. as like a derivative thing and but just like kind of how they did with Pepe, some Nazis used it once. So thus it belongs to the Nazis. So right. thus us calling it Boogaloo means we're Nazis. Yeah. Regardless media, of the origin. Yeah. Yeah. And and the media just ran with that. And uh, ironically enough, I, I still go back and all of the like MSNBC and everything articles that called us white supremacists, uh, their original sources, their experts, their, you know, online extremist experts and everything, <laughs> all, all were either contracted with or work for the Department of Homeland Security. Stunning. <laughs> so that, that was like a lot of, I, a lot of people that I did get to win over from Antifa was like, Hey, uh, not only did Donald Trump's government in the same memorandum that listed you as domestic terrorist organizations included us right next to you in the same paragraph, but the news sources that you're reading saying I'm a white supremacist are coming from the same 
federal department that was tear gassing you guys in Portland. There you so go. Why are you taking their word for it? Yeah. And that works on some people and other people that don't, but you know, the people that does get through, they're like, Oh, that's a good point. That's kind of weird. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very profound point. If people actually fucking listen, um, have you, have you, uh, you said that you were welcome with open arms at the BLM rallies. Was that, was that pre the full court press from the media where they, yeah. okay. So post that, have you had any interactions? Um, like I said, like, uh, there's the Lansing BLM, which is you know, our capital in Michigan, the right. Lansing BLM, uh, or lack or debtor term, like organization cluster. Sometimes they call themselves like pods, just, you know, collectives of people, mm -hmm. uh, they'll work with us. Uh, Detroit will not anymore, which is funny. Cause I was actually in June invited by their organizer personally to be armed security for them. Oh and I God. ended up getting a gun pulled on me by bikers that showed up to fuck up their entire event. Wow. And then the news stories came out and they immediately disavowed us and told people they didn't invite us there, even though we're in pictures with like their radios with like their <laughs> logo on it that they gave us. They're like, Hey, keep in contact. Here's our radio. Wow. Do you feel abandoned by them? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I'll, uh, there's definitely a lot of people in the Boogaloo movement that don't want to work with BLM or Antifa anymore because I don't think it's anything of principle. I just think that they feel so betrayed of yeah. the fact that like many of them got locked up and hurt and you know arrested and beat up and shot rubber bullets and tear gas and everything. And we were so welcome. But then the cathedral said bad. Exactly. And everyone scattered to the winds. Well, that, that's we're, the whole... we're getting that back slowly. People are being more open to it, but it definitely well, fought followed our hustle for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole reason I'm asking is because, you know, I have a lot of listeners that, that would probably fall into this category um, that very much stand with BLM principally on the police reform, drug decriminalization, all of the things that libertarians believe in. Um, but they, they feel as if they have been, you know, painted as white supremacists, Nazis, whatever, even though they have not a racist bone in their body. And I don't know how we bridge that gap. I mean, given that the media is is laying the full court press on to to paint you guys as all these evil names, how how do we? I mean, I guess other than on the ground activism, there really is no way to to get the message across that hey, we stand with you guys, and and it's not bullshit. Like we really we we share many of the same values, and we can be each other's allies. Uh, do you think that there's any other way? Is it is it simply as is it as simple as standing next to them side by side as you get shot with rubber bullets again? Or is there another? Yeah. Way? I mean, I mean, definitely there's that. Like I, I do believe trying to do anything over the internet is so hopeless because a lot yeah. of the people that are on internet, they're either putting on a show or it's just the wrong mind space or everything. It's really dehumanizing to try mm -hmm. to talk to somebody. It's really easy just to be a shit like shut up Nazi, LOL, right. retweet it. So their friends like it. So on the ground is, is, is good. But uh, the way we pulled it off, really well is uh they do a lot of community outreach and they do a lot of mutual aid and they just go out so we just showed up and we didn't tell them that we were boogaloo boys we didn't say anything like that and we just helped pass out blankets and you know, went to like homeless shelters and everything we organized that with our group and then like they liked us really well as people mm -hmm. and then we told them our politics and then they're like okay we'll feel this out you can come to this event in lansing there's this group of Trump supporter dudes that have been down there every single week forever, pretty much since the election, constantly protesting, stop steal events like every day. And uh, I, I'm very, I gotta be very careful. I'm, I'm very much about every state is different. Like 
Mm-hmm. Your my BLM pr- might not be your BLM. Oh, my sure. proud my proud boys might not be your proud boys. You know, like, <laughs> but this this particular group of of proud boys in Lansing, uh, they had like grabbed them and thrown them to the ground. They had torn up their flags. They had like threatened to like kill people and shit like that. Just like, a group of bad dudes, like not making their Republican Party look good. This particular group of guys. Mm-hmm. So we showed up with rifles. <laughs> And they were really nice and cordial while we were there and Suddenly no one got, got hurt. polite, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then ever since that, they're like, you guys are awesome. We love you. Uh, you two of the organizers, uh, these two great black ladies, they usually concealed carry every single time. Now they leave their guns at home because they feel like they can because we're there. Yeah. And a lot of the Trump supporters we've talked to and dropped a lot of you know red pills on them of like, you know, t- talking to them about the whole Duncan Lemp thing yeah. and being like, Hey, you keep yelling about Joe Biden. All the people I work with are ANCOMs. They hate Joe Biden just as much as they hate Trump. So you can yell about Joe Biden all you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and and it's made things infinitely more positive there. And it's just that, that little action locally made such a big difference. Yeah, and- no, that's, that's awesome. That's really beautiful. And, and the reason I ask is because I, the way I view the, both the Boog movement and the, you know, and cap libertarian movement is that we can really serve as a um, like an olive branch between these communities it, because we 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 hate both sides equally so like I can I can go talk to a mega person and I can get along with them all day because I know exactly what they'll like of my politics and I can talk to a BLM person and, and the same thing but I feel like very few political spectrums actually understand their opponent's philosophy very well Whereas libertarians and ANCAPs, particularly you, given that you've been everything <laughs> under the sun. Yeah, I've, um, co- I've covered everything but top right. I've gone, I've done the whole sweep. I'm, L- hey, I'm proud of you for skipping, <laughs> skipping the fascism. Um, oh, but, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm too brown for them. So, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, otherwise you might. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, <laughs> no, it's true. It's true, though, because, you know, there, there really is a, a level of depth when it comes to the ANCAP community and understanding all of our opponents' ideologies that can uh, uh, enable us to convey the messages between the warring factions. And I think that you've done a beautiful job at that. Is that kind of how you see things as well? Yeah, that's that definitely like what I'm trying to be a hundred percent. Cause like I've, I've lived in the most rural places and I've lived in Southside Chicago and had my window shot out in the back. I've lived in the South. I've lived in the North. I've lived everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people I've been all over the political spectrum. So I, I get, where everybody's coming from and it really confuses a lot of people and makes it hard on ourselves but we have to be principled to where in just a couple months i went from doing homeless outreach with blm and then i went to an anti-lockdown event and then i went to support antifa to stop the steel rally and then went to a second amendment protest all within a couple of months of each other <laughs> oh and people God. are like wow you don't stand for anything blah blah, blah. i'm like no i like I agree with every single one of these things yeah. independently. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you see the value in it. I mean, right. that, that's interesting. Um, have you have you had much luck in, uh, you know, converting people into the ANCAP mindset, given that they've seen, you know, what, how peaceful and how caring that you are? Uh, I, I don't think I've, we've, uh, 
other groups, like particularly like uh, Mike Dunn in Virginia, he's kind of an infamous Proud Boy poacher at this point. He seems to be really good at getting Proud Boys to hand over their patch and burn their patch and declare themselves as libertarians. <laughs> and nice. It's it's pretty cool that he does that. But uh, in my end, not really a lot with grabbing people like that. But I'm really good at taking like li- ex-Republican libertarians. And then after talking to them for two months, you'd be like, you know what, guys? I never called myself an anarchist before, but right. I'm starting to get there. <laughs> no, yeah. That, I mean, Michael, Michael Mellis says this all the time. It's like, you're basically six months away from being an NCAP if you identify, if you take the red pill properly, you know, you're like, you're that close. Um, so that's definitely listen to, true. Listen to Vermin Supreme and Spike Cohen and Michael yeah. Malice for like six months and you'll, you'll be like, fuck the LP. <laughs> yeah. Or just, or just, or just read Anatomy of the State and you're good to go. Right. Uh, yeah. Have you been have you been contacted by any major media outlets after the? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm major, but I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> have you? I, have you I, 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 uh, Tucker Carlson, anybody reaching out? I, I wish someone would. Well, that's the thing is, is nobody kind of knows who I am. Like, I I got banned off of Twitter like three days before that, and I'm like, oh, I'm shit. never gonna I'm never gonna make a Twitter account again. I'm like, fuck it, I'm banned off of literally everything. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. And then and then you uh, have the most viral moment of your life, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's, the, that's the thing is, is my friend, my friend texts me this and he's like, dude, people love your speech. And it was your tweet. And I, I used to follow you. Like, so like, I, oh, I know, no I, yeah, I, I knew who you were for like a while on my original t- Twitter account, nice. I just, but I didn't really post anything. It was just for like news and shit posting. And uh, my friend's like, yeah, they love, the, love your speech. So he sends me your tweet and I'm like, oh my God, that has a hundred shares. Oh my God, that has 200,000 views. I'm like, fuck, I better make a Twitter account. <laughs> I, was so then, glad, I was so glad you commented on it because I would have never found you. Yeah, so like when we were there, obviously every like vulture reporter and their sister was like, take my card. Do you want to give an interview? Blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just told them all to, to go fuck themselves. Sure. Because they did exactly what I knew they would and they would pick the least clean part of my speech or even cut my speech up and then just run that forever. Yeah, the exact is, opposite treatment I gave you. <laughs> yeah, which which is funny too because the everyone's miss. If you re- hear the rest of your speech, you understand the context of that last bit of that line of like Americans will no longer be rational. Right. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about like the boogs. Like if some crazy civil war kicks off and Republicans and Democrats start killing each other, we're going out in the woods and y'all can have fun. We're not <laughs> pr- participating. When I'm when I'm saying Americans will be irrational, it'll mean more riots and looting and people getting in fist fights over masks and yeah well and stormy and, capital buildings like and and patriot act too and and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, potentially gulags who, who knows what's coming yeah i, I agree. new york I, covid I, camps or whatever the hell else yeah i mean crazy they, they, shit's going on they're already writing it so it's 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 past the point of conspiracy theories and i think that your your message to me couldn't have been clearer. So I thought it was hysterical when at the end she's like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, bitch, did you listen? <laughs> it's pretty I'm like, fucking I'm, clear. I'm like, I'm like, did you not see what happened in that, in uh, Atlanta at CNN? Like the, if you keep doing this, you're going to get the average stupid person who doesn't watch the news and goes to work and doesn't care and doesn't do anything. They will come and eat you. Right. <laughs> like, no, they will. It, it won't be me. I'm. I'm not going to be blowing nothing up or shooting anybody. I'm going to go yeah. away. And the average normal person at the grocery store is the one that's going to beat you to death in your own office. <laughs> it's not me. Right. I'm warning. I'm warning you. Like, hey, if you don't want people storming Capitol buildings and and beating you to death, s- stop what you're doing. Well, I think this <laughs> is a good. This is a good opportunity for me to ask you then, because I I had uh, Pete Quinones on, which you're probably familiar with, um, mm-hmm. last week, and and he's. He's, I mean, he was extraordinarily blackpilled that that given day, but he's not always that way. But anyways, he 
he really feels that we're we're extraordinarily close. Like uh, I, I asked him, I said, Hey, you know, do we think we'll have like internment camps in five years? And he's like, five years, five months. What, what's your prognosis? Do you think that it's that dire? Oh, I, I definitely think we're on the very, very verge of the civil of a civil war of a second one, hundred percent, mm-hmm. just full tyranny, Patriot two, uh, 3d printers and guns are banned, like insanity. You can't even buy gun parts. Just think of any nightmare scenario just for the fact that, I don't think things only calm down if something happens to make people calm down Mm -hmm. and none of that is happening. It's only getting worse. You have AOC saying, kick all the Republicans out of Congress. You have that random uh, Republican Senator from the Northwest that was like caught on a phone call telling people to prepare for civil war and shit like that's escalating. And I'm a big student of history. So when I look at like the original civil war, when I look at like the French revolution and the Spanish civil war and Syria in particular is what my point of reference is. And, modern Syria or yeah, ancient? modern Syria. Okay. And then uh, I, I worked for uh, a YouTube kind of news collective and I covered the Ukrainian revolution all mm-hmm. the way through when that happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I see all these parallels happening and I see like, kids snitching out their parents and families not being able to talk to each other anymore. Like we read that. And even, you know, our government sanitized, you know, history books in school of like Mm -hmm. what that's what happened during the civil war, father versus son, brother versus sister. Like, right. We're there. We're past that. Actually. We've been there for like four years. Yeah. (laughs) It's really, it's really dark, man. I, I, I have the same instinct, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely panicked if I'm being honest and, and I've, I'm very fortunate in that I've, I've invested wisely and I have a lot of resources to be able to, to probably take care of myself and my, you know, my few closest loved ones. But, um, I'm just, I'm just really concerned because, and I've said this in prior episodes, but I really believe in the, you know, the sacrifices and the philosophy that this country was founded on minus the racism and all the bullshit. Um, you know, whiskey rebellion, all that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) The ideas. Yeah, exactly. Just the (laughs) ideas and and the value of, of freedom and Liberty in this country is, is relatively unique. Um, even in modern, you know, modern the globe, it's, it's very unique. And I don't think that we have a, a plan B at this point. There is no, there is no other country to flee to that, that I think is standing head and shoulders above everybody else. That's like, okay, we are the new freedom utopia. Um, so I guess you said you'd, you'd go to the woods basically. Is that, is that your, uh, your bug out plan? Yeah. I mean, I, I was raised in, in very rural middle of nowhere, Michigan nearest Walmart and movie theater was 45 minute drive away. Like, so, so I you, have, you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I, I have my, I have my disappear plan perfectly fine. Uh, I've, you know, it's not just me saying it, uh, Tim pool, Tucker Carlson, Jimmy Dore, all these people have said it. If you live in a city, time to move out of the city, right. time to break your lease, time to find a new job. I'm telling everybody right now, you do not want to be in any of these cities and you want to definitely start getting a plan together. Cause unless you intend on participating, which I'm assuming nobody listening to you, nobody listening to me would participate in a red versus blue civil Hell conflict. No. Yeah. Sorry, not, yeah, not your puppet for that. Uh, definitely, definitely kind of start figuring things out. And obviously there's a lot of networks popping up of, you know, activists and preppers and everything that are like, Hey, if you're not an idiot, come this way. Right. And, you know, there's even like talks of like people like building up like compounds and stuff. So that's yeah. the, that's the level of seriousness a lot of people are on. Oh, it's, it's super serious. I spent two hours on a live stream today with some friends that are 
literally game planning that. So, um, and by game planning that I'll be explicit so that I don't get red flagged for something (laughs) crazy. They're just talking about, you know, buying houses next to each other in a state I won't list and, and and creating community, a peaceful one feds, uh, (laughs) no outer heaven. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's getting, but it is getting extremely serious. And I think that even the normies are starting to catch on, you know, my, my parents, my family, uh, my relatives are reaching out that are like, you know, they've, they've been hearing me talk for years thinking I'm a crazy person. And now all of a sudden I'm a, you know, I'm a truth telling prodigy of some sort. Um, but it's true. I mean, I, I think that the tie that binds between all ANCAPs is that we, and, and I'm not at all surprised that you listed this off, that you're a fan of history. History is really the thing that, that I think, um, sh- you know, shows the path for the libertarian and the ANCAP community is like, we, we take this shit seriously. We're like, we know exactly how tyranny comes about. We see it when it's happening and we prepare accordingly. Um, is there is there any hope of turning this back? I, I know obviously your speech will have some impact and I think that um, we need a hell of a lot more of it. That's why I was asking if we can get you on Tucker Carlson or some <laughs> some bigger platform because we, we need I, to I get mean, this message out, man. I'll go anywhere and talk to anybody. I'm I'm going on another one immediately after yours. Just another nice. you know libertarian anarchist podcast. But uh, I I think there is I think there is still time just for the fact that a lot of the people that want this and are so desperate for this are people that don't do anything and they just sit at home and they yell at each other and they vote and that's their contribution to society. Yeah. I think a, a, of a lot of people that don't want this are the ones that are running podcasts or they run businesses or they're local activists on every side of the aisle. And if we can all just get on the same page to some degree and at least, you know, say at the very least say like, hey, we're not complying with this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think there's poss- possibility for that. And uh, I know it got a lot of flack and there, there's a lot of uh, obviously justified reasons for it getting flagged. But uh, I actually adore the idea of the Chaz as a concept. Yeah. Of just sure. of just like a community just going like, hey, fuck your loss. <laughs> like, you're not welcome here. And, you know, a lot of other people, I've been saying that for a while. And a lot of other people, even normies are getting hold of that of like, hey, if they pass some crazy gun control law, just just tell them, hey, ATF is not welcome in our town and the sheriff will arrest you. And if everyone in that town agrees cool. There's no, you know, that is a sanctuary zone. Yeah. And the same goes for like the liberal side of things. Like, Hey, if you, if your town, you know, decides like, Oh, I don't want, like, we don't want to send taxes anymore to the federal government or the state government because they're doing something we don't like Just stop. Beautiful. I and love I mean, it. I, yeah. People in not a single drop of blood will be shed. I mean, uh, if, if it happens at a big enough scale, a lot of people are probably going to get arrested and sit in jail for a little while for it, or, right. you know, but there wouldn't, there'd be no conflict. And, and, and ultimately enough, we outnumber them. So they can't, it's unlikely they can arrest us all unless we all allow them to take us, you know, one by one. Um, if they do any mass arrests, we have to fight. I, I, I really think that the, the, the future of this country is one of uh, balkanization and secession. Is that, is that your expectation? I mean, regardless, I, honestly, right. that's my, that's my preference as well, to be honest, but I think it's inevitable at this point. Is that, is that what you see yeah. coming? Yeah, I, I see like in, in terms of like going down the list of like most preferable to least preferable, what I see happening, uh, the most pre- preferable would probably steal the uh, Switzerland's model of governance, which is mm-hmm. my only state that I'm like, I'd be acceptable with that because yeah. uh, the way they operate is is, is essentially it's there. Every state is 
pretty much their own government and can do whatever they want. They have one state in Switzerland that's like mushrooms and and MS uh, like mescaline and everything is legalized and weeds legalized. The next state over, it's like a borderline religious theocracy. And they live right next to each other and they're under the same country and neither of them can tell each other what to do. And there's like a soft federal government and that's great. Yeah. That sounds, sounds ideal. Most preferable. Like if, if Portland can do whatever Portland wants to do, there's plenty of guys that are like, Oh, we should go to the Chaz. We should stop that. And I'm like, why, why do you care? No, it's, I could it's, care a, less. It's, it's a thousand miles away. It's none of your business. Right. Who cares? Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I always as... advocate, like care about your 50 mile bubble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as long as though, as long as they'll allow us our own, chazes like right that sounds fucking great to me perfect Uh, yeah and then (laughs) and then obviously the next step down would be secession and and balkanization just the country just splitting apart less preferable just from more of a foreign aspect there's a there's a lot of 'er ne'er-do-wells in the world that would be Mm -hmm. very happy to see that happen but it's better than the next step down which is just war so Next step down would be red versus blue civil war. What I feel like is more likely is we go full Syria and we break into like 30, I think at the height of the Syrian civil war, there was 37 different factions, all joining alliances and then breaking alliances and then fighting with each other one day and fighting against each other another day. And I could totally see that. I could see. I I was just going to say, you got to (laughs) admit, that's exactly the recipe that we have right now. Yeah, like I could definitely see, you know, like a, a Michigan and Wisconsin alliance, but the Ohio people make them mad one day, so they stop being allies with Ohio and go to war with Ohio. And I could, dude, you can, and a million you, variations of that. I know? was just gonna say it, it goes, <laughs> it goes all the way down to like, I, 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 I wouldn't even want to fight next to some of these blue pilled libertarians that are like, like the Nick Sarwaks, the the heads right. of the LP that, are, you know, that are like basically deep state assets as far as i'm concerned so right. yeah like, like I, the boot it's the only way we'll ever get elected yeah exactly um, <laughs> so so yeah i i don't want to go that path at all uh, i think that's the the biggest message i want to convey to people is that you know obviously the majority of my audience already knows this but um my passion is peace you know like i i desperately want to see a peaceful resolution to this my belief is that the only peaceful resolution that is on offer and it's not even really on the table but the one that i'd like to see on offer that I think is actually practical is peaceful secession. And I don't know how we normalize that given that the media ru- and the government, obviously, um, they, they run and control the narrative so damn well. Um, I think that's why you know the moments where we see a crack in their armor and, and a speech like yours gets out there is so goddamn valuable. And I'm, I'm just tremendously grateful i'm just tremendously grateful that you you got that message out there i hope you're proud of it i hope that uh that people really appreciate the courage it took i think that the the effort you've put into standing side by side with people that you might uh disagree with ideologically on some levels uh but seeing their humanity is a lesson that we could all take um so thank you so much for coming on Maybe it was the least I could do. Appreciate it, brother. All <laughs> right, well, go ahead and tell people uh, where they can find you if you if you want to rebuild that social media. Yeah, uh, okay. So all I really got is the Twitter. Band off everything else. I'll pull the handle up really quick. It's so new, I don't even have it memorized. And I'm at, at Magnus Panvidia, P-A-N-V-I-D-Y-A. Nice. That's my Twitter handle. And that's pretty much i'm all on i'm trying to build that back up i'm gonna try to keep reaching out to people i got a couple other podcasts to go on might end up you'll be back in no time 
Yeah, probably. Hopefully I, I'm not very happy being in this position, but I obviously did something to be here and now I have to make the best of it. That's kind yeah. of rad. I'm a very anti clout chasing kind of dude. I'm kind of, my, my pronouns are none. Refer to me <laughs> as nothing. Please don't even acknowledge my existence kind well, of person. You know what I've, what I've always, <laughs> what I've always said is that, you know, and, and I mean, this is a commonly said phrase, but the, the people you want in power are those that want it the least and, yeah. and you're, you're one of them. So <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm grateful that we have such a, a humble warrior uh, on our <laughs> side. So keep it up, brother. I appreciate it, man. You have a great night. You too. What an absolute stud. So glad we got to talk to him and, and get more of the backstory to what he was doing there, uh, what his message was, the full unredacted version, unedited. Um, I think it's important that people hear that message because it's uh it's one that's desperately needed and and there's never been a better time for it so thank god that uh for the internet and then i was able to track him down uh since my retweet of his speech went viral as well we got to uh to get put in touch and i think that might be his first podcast recording since the uh the speech so very cool hope you guys share it so that people get a better understanding of what the boogaloo boys are all about and what they are not about most importantly so Thank you guys for tuning in. Very big show tomorrow. I am having on Luke and Typo from Biting the Bullet, as well as in a four-way, what I like to call a Navy podcast, (laughs) Shane Hazel. Shane Hazel, Luke, Typo, and me, your boy, Liberty Lockdown. It's going to be a blast. Tune in. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. World premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical fappening. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government, just call us fags Captain the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be Air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles Jure showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.